Hi, welcome to another episode of the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. The show is designed for you, the marketer or entrepreneur, who may be looking for more effective ways to connect better with audiences through the exciting world of visual storytelling. We will introduce you to inspiring experts from diverse industries that bring fresh perspectives on how to capture attention, build trust, emotional empathy, and last but not least, drive business results. Enjoy the show. Hi. In recent years, I bet you attend a, one event or two, or even five, and you probably saw the presenter up on the stage. And on the sidelines, you may have seen a, a visual artist uh, that basically captured the key ideas that the presenter was talking about using a, a very a elaborate sketch. So I was always intrigued by this discipline. Uh, it's called live sketching because I think it's a great uh, example of visual storytelling at its best because it's really a fantastic way to bring to life ideas and make them memorable. So to help unpack this exciting topic, I invited uh, William Warren. He's the founder and CEO of The Sketch Effect. His company is harnessing the power of visual communication to make their clients' ideas understandable, memorable, and shareable. Some of his great clients include Google, Delta, Siemens, Home Depot, among others. Wow, this is fantastic, William. Welcome to the show. Hey, super grateful to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity to unpack this topic. I'm, I love this topic and yeah, glad to uh, chat with you and your listeners. Awesome. So before we you know, dive right in, I want to set the stage and give, give our audience that is comprised of marketers and entrepreneurs a little bit, a little bit about your backstory. Maybe you can talk a little about uh, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So to tell my story, I'm going to rewind about 10 years. And uh, I was at the time working in corporate marketing for a big uh, quick service uh, fast food restaurant chain. And so I was uh, doing things like email marketing and social media marketing, um, things like that. And so uh, really loved my experience working there. Um, however, to rewind back even further, I am a creative at heart. I've always loved sketching and drawing wow. and illustrating. I was always uh, doodling in class and making up comics and characters and all sorts of things like that. So, Did you have a favorite topics that you especially like to sketch? Yeah, I loved um, all the funny, you know, the funny paper, the, 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 the comic strips in the newspaper, Calvin and Hobbes, The Far Side, mm, yep. Charlie Brown. I loved all that stuff. So that I was, I was weaned on that. And, you know, this, this whole podcast is about visual storytelling. And that is an excellent example of visual storytelling is um, the comics that you, uh, you read or used to read in the newspapers when, they, when newspapers still existed. Um, yep. Yep. But yep. now you can find them online on web comics. Um, so here I was in this corporate, uh, corporate job, uh, mm -hmm. doing work that was creative in a sense, but it didn't really tap into my passion of drawing. And so in order to have really just a creative outlet, um, within the context of my job, I started to sketch during meetings. Oh. Um, if I was sitting in a meeting, I might have my notes in front of me and just like sketching little doodles and drawings to, mm -hmm. to go along with my notes. Or if I was in a team meeting and uh, we were having this brainstorm, I would hop up on the whiteboard and grab some markers and sketch out the ideas on the whiteboard. Or if I had a presentation to give, I would maybe draw my ideas on paper and scan them in and put them into a PowerPoint. So you didn't need a clip art to kind of 
elevate your exactly yeah once a step above your your standard clip art um, yeah uh, basically a visual concept to help communicate my idea or tell the story in a more effective way Got and it. so for me this was just a creative outlet it was just a way for me to tap into some of my creative interests and passions uh, mm-hmm. within the nine to five that I was in uh, but what I discovered was that people really found value in that form of communication they really found value when you take uh, visuals and pair it with ideas and text information and use it to create something that's better than, yep. uh, than it was originally. And so other teams around the organization started asking to borrow my time for me to come and attend their meetings and draw and sketch. Um, and that was cool. And my boss was cool with it. So I did it. And then soon thereafter, uh, companies and organizations outside of the one that I worked for were asked me to come do it oh, for their meeting. And then they were willing to pay me for it. And then all of a sudden my, the world opened up and I realized, holy crap, there could be, um, there could be a business or a career in this field of visual communication. And that's the term that we use to describe the work we do. So, yeah. yeah, So uh, my creative outlet became a side hustle, which then turned into a main hustle and now uh, a business and we're scaling up and we're all anchored in this idea of visual communication, visual storytelling, mostly for corporate or corporate clients. Right. And, and were, uh, yeah, were you following any specific uh, live sketching companies out there just to kind of get an idea about this category or are you just kind of carved out your own paths? Yeah, there are a handful of, of other firms out there and they, they do excellent work. There's some yeah. uh, up in the East Coast and Chicago mm-hmm. and the West Coast. Right. And, um, we're based here in Atlanta, and as far mm-hmm. as I know at the time, there wasn't a company like this in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, uh, we are based here in Atlanta, but we have we have scaled up around the country. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I was really inspired by the existing businesses that were doing this type of work, mm-hmm. and um, That's you know, awesome. it, it's a growing niche and it's a growing thing, and society is becoming more and more visual. Yeah. Which which you know, uh, and yep. people are hungry to to learn and to digest and process information visually. So that's the space that that we're in. Yeah, I think your story is really such an inspiration because uh, I think it's the best scenario for entrepreneurs that uh, they realize that they have a gift in their hands and people really appreciate it and willing to even to pay for it. Right. It's a great uh, way to discover that you got something really hot. So that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. So another question that I typically ask all my guests is since, you know, when I started the Visual Storytelling Institute, uh, I would Google visual storytelling and typically the definition came around photography, filmmaking, uh, or graphic design. So what I'm trying to do is really bring the gospel of visual storytelling from the world of art into marketing. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, you know, what is your definition for visual storytelling, especially coming from live sketching? Yeah, so our, in our world, we're dealing a lot with ideas and concepts. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, I would answer that question by uh, pointing back to our mission statement, which is I, th- I think good visual storytelling makes ideas understandable, memorable, and shareable. Mm-hmm. I think that um, those three components are, are critical to, um, to telling a story. In our world, telling stories is... It's, it's ideas, it's themes, it's concepts. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think, it's, I think visual storytelling is using visuals, whether that's animation or live sketching or animation, or, or, or I said that, illustration <laughs> or design, yep. using visuals to make ideas more 
more understandable, memorable, and shareable. Right, right. So, so when you, you know, we're talking about live sketching, and for those of uh, us here in the audience that might have not uh, heard about this, how do you define live sketching? Just to give us, you know, the bare bone. Yeah, definition. so uh, we call it live sketching. There, the, 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 the actual industry term is graphic recording. Okay. Uh, it has a couple other names too, like sketch notes or visual note taking or visual facilitation. Or In, initially, I was thinking also real time illustration, which is another yeah, or, or, or real time <laughs> illustration or, or yeah. live illustration or event yeah. sketching. There's a bunch of names, but the what you the, what you need to know about it. What's what's what what the, makes it so special is that it is um, it's live, so it happens um, yeah. in real time, and mm -hmm. it is. Uh, is happening with people and it is based on content based on right. a discussion based on a presentation like you mentioned at the uh, at the yep. start of this episode or it's based on a workshop or uh, a breakout session and so live like sketching visual recording of the spoken word exactly yep the live sketch artist's goal is to listen effectively mm -hmm. Yep. synthesize what they're hearing and then translate it into compelling visuals relevant mm -hmm. concepts use color, use typography, use illustration. Um, yeah, to make those ideas more memorable, more uh, understandable and more shareable. And I understand that there are several types of live sketching, right? Correct, yeah, there's, there, it, it has a, a few different flavors. So um, uh, most commonly you'll see it in a conference where there's a lot of keynote presentations or yep. panel discussions happening from the main stage. Mm -hmm. um, but it can also be applied to a more like a workshop format where people are around a table mm -hmm. uh, working through ideas or working through um, uh, a challenge. Um, it can also be applied to a more interactive setting. So we, we do this with our clients where we set up uh, a big canvas and we present a question to the audience or mm -hmm. to attendees in the form of a prompt or, or, or something to, to solicit an answer or content from the audience, from the attendees. And then we'll take that and we'll, we'll oh, that's that to kind of get like a snapshot, like a crowdsourced snapshot of I see. what the people are feeling, what the people are saying. So yeah, it takes on a couple different flavors based on the format of the event and based on what the client. And in the presentation uh, format, when you have like a keynote speaker up on the stage, I assume they, they use some PowerPoint, you know, that the screen, so I guess that the, the visual artist is, is on the sidelines, is not really on the stage, because that will be kind of distracting, right? Yeah, every client has a different um, preference. We mm -hmm. have been on the stage before. We've, had, we've been on the stage with spotlights and camera and the whole thing. Yep. Um, most of the time we're just, just off stage, like to the side where I see. people can see us, they can mm -hmm. see what's going on, but it's not like, the focal point. Um, then we've had some clients that have us in the back of the room or out in the lobby. It, it really, everybody has a different preference. Because uh, I would think that, you know, uh, maybe another use case is where instead of a PowerPoint, the presenter is actually, they project whatever you guys are sketching on the canvas and it's kind yeah. of in real life kind of a... Yeah, we, ha we have done that. Yeah. yeah, we have we have done that before. It's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. The, the catch is that the work that we're doing is totally organic. It's it's mm -hmm. not pre-scripted or pre-planned. Oh, I see. So we yeah, so we sketch what we hear, and so I think for a lot of presenters, they they, they might not be comfortable forfeiting right. that, that amount of control. Yeah, um, that but makes we sense. have we have done it where the client will stream or 
display our work on a on a big screen for people to see. Got it. All right. So uh, so far, you know, we got an idea of what live sketching is. Uh, we talked about a little bit of uh, some of the key uh, types that you're working on. So maybe you know, for those uh, of the you know those people on the audience that's going to watch this on YouTube, let's uh, share some examples. Yeah, let's pull them up. So I'm going to start with the first one, right? Here we go. So tell us what's going on. Actually, this is number three. Let me just uh, do one at number one. Yeah, here we go. Can you see it? I can see it, yeah. Okay, great. All right, so let's talk about what's going on, on in this sketch. Yeah, so this was done out in Texas by one of our live artists and um, this is the opening keynote for um, this event, Distributech International, for our client, which was Census. Mm -hmm. And um, what you're looking at is, is an image, but this image is actually uh, a photograph of a 40-inch um, a by 60-inch sketch. So if you imagine a sketch that's a, a canvas that's, you know, um, maybe... Yeah. About around maybe a little smaller than like a door uh, the size of a door <laughs> or oh, <wow>. something <laughs> like that. So pretty big sketch. Um, and uh, yeah, so we have um, this is the content of that opening keynote, and you can you can scan through it, you can read through it, and you can pick up on some some ideas like uh, mm -hmm. about um, the future, about AI, about uh, technology impacting the future some right. implications around privacy. Um, yeah, one thing I'm actually noticing here like is that. that one thing I'm, I'm noticing is that uh, a great sketch is always a, a nice balance between visuals and text just to make right. uh, the information uh, legible and understandable. Exactly. Yeah, so there's a balance of text, there's a balance of drawings, mm -hmm. um, color. Uh, one thing that we always try to do is to organize a sketch. Um, and if you see, there's a, there's a trail um, kind of in the lower left, a little dotted trail that kind of takes you through oh, yeah. content. Um, and so, cause we want people to have a, a basic sense of, of how to read through it, how to uh -huh. navigate through it. Right. So the trail um, and uh, you know, some of the main things that we stress to our artists is to keep in mind visual hierarchy. So, you know, you, you understand design, but basically yep. things that are really important that should be bigger and bolder and more dynamic. Yep. Things that are a little bit less uh, you know, secondary or, or tertiary should be smaller and less, you know, bold. So we try to try to do visual hierarchy. We also try to include a lot of visual um, navigation, which I mentioned, we use this trail element yep. or, um, uh, quote bubbles. You see, there's uh, some mm -hmm. some kind of like orange little quote bubbles and the green yep. like flashes happening and boxes. Just some elements to organize the information and make it easy to navigate. So there's hierarchy, there's navigation, and the third element which we talked about is the the drawings or what we call visual language. Right. Um, this is the uh, icons, the doodles, the illustrations, like the little uh, the yep. little robot, the uh, the um, asteroid at the top, mm -hmm. the, the ghost figure there. Um, I see. Uh, 
the uh, yeah. Alexa, the Alexa thing in the lower right. So that's, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> that's the fun stuff. You know, that's the stuff that people get really excited about, but right. it's really a live sketch is really a, a symphony of, of, of content and, and, and text and design and color and drawings and, and layout. And it's, uh, it's I see. Really, and, and the colors and the colors that you use here. Uh, I'm guessing these are the colors uh, of the brand of the client, right? Correct. Yeah. Typically, we will pick a color palette that is in line with the client's uh, brand uh, branding. Mm -hmm. uh, most of most of the time, that that's that's what they want. Sometimes they might want a different color palette, or they might not really care. Um, this was a public event, so people were people were seeing this, um, and uh, so this client one of their branding colors reflected on the sketch. Um, so we'll typically, we'll choose a, a limited color palette, you know, six, seven, eight colors. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you said this is 60 by 40 inch wide correct. canvas. Yep. yep. Yeah. So wow. a little bit less than four feet by 60, yeah. I think. Yeah, got it. Let's see another one. So can you see this one? Let's see, it hasn't changed yet for me. Okay, so let me just uh, reshare. How about now? There we go. Okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. So this is another example of a keynote. So this was an event um, actually here in Georgia, down uh -huh. on the coast. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, this was the opening keynote. So this one was more inspirational, you know, for mm -hmm. this there was a big event going on, and they brought in um, this uh, this football player, inspirational, inspirational speaker, and. Um, he kicked off the event with this great keynote. And so this, this board was actually, this is actually a, a four foot by eight foot board. Oh, wow. So even bigger than the previous example, but. Yeah, it looks um, big. <laughs> yeah, it's big. So if you're, you know, if you're an event, you could see this from across the room. Mm. Um, you might not be able to read the words, but you could see it's happening. And yeah, it looks like more vi visual elements you included here. Yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah. This speaker used a lot of really good, um, mm -hmm. Uh, stories and elements and um, you know the theme of this event was climb higher grow stronger and the theme was this tree this like deeply rooted tree and this was on the, right. the Georgia coast which has a lot of these big live oaks big massive live oak trees so uh, so we had this kind of really powerful dynamic focal point image in the center side um, question that kind of uh, I, f I think it's kind of interesting you mentioned before that you use the, the brand colors of the client. Do you find yourself sometime, you know, conflicted between using the, the brand colors and also colors that uh, communicate certain emotions? Yeah. So sometimes we do run into that. Um, uh, and sometimes, you know, the brand colors might not lend themselves well to this format. Uh -huh. uh, and if that happens, we will maybe ask the client if they're okay, if we, you know, go a different direction or yep. something like that. But, mm. um, but in terms of emotion, you know, we, we think that most of the emotion is conveyed through the, um, the content and then also the, mm. the illustrations. Yeah. And so if we're, if we're doing that well, if we're capturing the content well, and we're drawing, mm -hmm. adding drawings that are, that are good and effective, then hopefully the color should, should be, you know, uh, not a huge factor in in driving the emotion but right yeah i mean to me i think you know live sketching and other things that's going you know on here is that 
it's really going back to basics, you know, with everything, you know, everybody like communication noise, the, the, the tech detox, people want to go back to using their hands. This is a great example of, you know, that movement and how people can actually uh, consume content that was handmade versus right. you know, digitally produced. So I think that's another benefit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain authenticity that comes with, when you're looking at a hand produced yeah. sketch thing. It just, it feels more authentic and real and tangible. And more special. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, not something unique. that's, it's not, it's, yeah. it's a one of a kind thing. Exactly. Um, and we, we do, uh, we, this, so this example on the prior one, was done with markers on foam core but we do mm. actually we will sketch digitally on an ipad uh-huh. a lot of clients love that too and and there's you know mm. down to preference right uh, but the uh but but regardless of whether it's traditional or digital what matters is that a real human being is creating these oh yeah and mm-hmm. it just it carries more authentic authenticity and um more appeal i think all right so let's take another example Number three. There we go. No, it's the same one. Just a second, I'm going to reshare. Yeah, just a second. No worries. Can you see it now? I can see it, yep. Great. All right, so this is more kind of a spread around and there's more space. Yeah, so this is what I referred to earlier as an interactive format. And with, yeah, so with interactive, uh, the way it works is unlike the previous two examples, which uh, were capturing content from the main stage, Mm -hmm. this is capturing content from the people, the attendees. And so this was an event for um, St. Jude Children's Hospital in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question we posed to the people, you can read there at the top in the middle, what kind of mark would you like to leave for the kids of St. Jude? And so oh. uh, people who were attending this event had the opportunity to write their answers. I wasn't actually at this mm-hmm. once. I'm not sure exactly how it, how it functioned, but um, I'm guessing they either wrote their answers down on a card or on yep. a sticky note or maybe submitted it through an app. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the, the mechanism was to collect it, but the, the, the idea mm-hmm. is that we're crowdsourcing ideas from attendees and creating a single sketch that is a snapshot of, of different people's Got it. Um, answers to that question. So, mm. you know, um, one of them down at the bottom is, is magical moments. And uh, the illustrator drew like a Harry Potter character on a broom. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Or next to it is be, be inclusive and curious. And uh, the illustrator drew some cats looking at um, looking into a box. So, um, so yeah, it's a, uh, this is a really fun format because it's, it, it is created live. Uh, at yeah. an event it's created in real time but it's it's not based on on listening um it's based on working off of prompts so mm. typically the artist has a little bit more time to draw really cool drawings and really embellish them and, and make them really um powerful um, I see. 
And so, and just a, I'm sure another question the, the audience might be curious: What is the the life after the event? How do you share these sketches? Yeah, the the it's really the sky is the limit, and clients have used them in a variety of ways. But um, first of all, there is the physical deliverable, so a client will get to keep the actual sketches that are produced on site. Yep. And so a lot of our clients will take them back to their offices or they'll frame them and hang them on their wall, mm -hmm. or they might give them as gifts to maybe their speakers or their special guests. Um, but most of the time it's, it's, it's reused. It's, it's hung on a wall. It's featured somewhere. Oh, in social media, I'm guessing if it's yeah, not too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not proprietary or NDA. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, um, in addition to the physical board, we also, at the Sketch Effect, we also will provide a digital deliverable, which is what we're looking at right here. I see. It's a, it's a digital image of the sketch. And um, clients will use this for, you know, uh, recap presentations or to put on a, a blog or, or an internal report or to yep. email, out, email out to attendees. Um, there's, really, there's really a ton of uh, applications yeah. of this type of this type of work. All right, so let's go to the last example. All right. And all of these examples, while you're pulling it up, I'll just mention have been, were made by different artists on our team. Mm -hmm. So we have, a, we have a, a, a nine or 10 artists that we yep. send to live events. And so, um, you know, they're all, they all have a slightly different style, but the, the same principles and the same kind of, uh, coloring methodology and approaches are applied depending on. Do they go through some training to, to kind of level set the expertise? They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we onboard a new artist, we have a pretty extensive training process uh, that yeah, I would uh, imagine. <laughs> in person it's in Atlanta. We fly to Atlanta and mm. uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's kind of a crash course in visual communication, visual storytelling. That's awesome. So yeah, this was another session, and I believe again I wasn't I wasn't at this one. This was in, in Arizona, but I believe this was a workshop or maybe a breakout. Mm -hmm. um, Insights and ideation is the title here, um, yep. but this was an, an event for for universities, um, the University Innovation Alliance. And so yeah, similar thing. You've got some you've got a clear navigation. You know, you start on the left side and you kind of work your way through the sketch. Got it. Uh, there's there's visual uh, hierarchy happening you know there's the different sections um, the artist put into these kind of boxes um, the gray like boxes um, to, so, so just just to recap on the visual grammar or vocabulary that you uh, described earlier uh, what are the, the key elements you said the narrative elements the, the branding the navigation right yeah, so the three things that we stress are, are visual navigation, which is yep. more, you know directing a viewer's eye, uh, visual hierarchy, which is essentially ranking information by importance. Oh, it's um, not necessarily what this presenter actually started with. Well, we, we do start we do sketch linearly, so we begin mm -hmm. um, you know we sketch in real time as a presenter or as a session is unfolding. So there is a little bit of a, there's a linear nature to it. Yep. Um, but that conversation might go in different directions, in which case the artist, our artists are trained to pivot and maybe go in a different direction based on where the actual conversation flows. Oh, I see. Um, so it's kind of a, it's this sort of improv, improvisation. Um, Got, it. Got uh, it. And obviously the more, 
sometimes the more organized the session or the more organized the presenter or the more organized or well facilitated the breakout mm. session, the more organized the sketch will be um, generally. But, um, you know, it's always hard to predict because it is, it is an, uh, an organic unplanned thing. But do you get like uh, the presentation ahead of time just to get an idea or it's all kind of the first time they hear it during the event? It's all first time. Um, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all based incredible. on the, the artist's ability to, to listen very effectively. Got and um, we will sometimes get a high level overview of what a session might be about. Like, mm. oh, in this session, we're going we're gonna to ideate around educational um, innovation or something like that. Yep. Or this session is going to be all about our new um, strategic plan, which has these five points. Mm. So we might have like a kind of a high level overview, but we not we do not ask for slides we do not um we do not require our clients to give us their their scripts or that's incredible this is really amazing and i want to keep this example up because i want to ask you something you uh, described when we uh, first talked about uh, the idea for this session Uh, you talked about uh, active listening so i just want to kind of give our audience an opportunity to look at the sketch that's up on the screen right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, but if you're just listening on the podcast network, just uh, if you can talk a little bit, uh, William, about uh, what is actual active listening and what exactly the visual artist is doing. Yeah, active listening is critical to, um, to what we do. And, and I, would, I would even say it's bigger than that. I think active listening is a critical skill that anybody and everybody should, should get better at. Um, but for us, um, it's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like listening on steroids. It's like it's, it's superhuman listening. And mm-hmm. um, the good news is that it's something that everyone can get better at with practice. Mm-hmm. But for us, it really comes down to eliminating distractions. You know, a big one is that we all, um, whenever we're in a listening environment, um, whether it's a one-on-one conversation or you're at a conference, whatever that yep. is, there are always distractions. Yep. Um, there's internal distractions, things like um, I'm hungry or I didn't get much sleep last night or um, I'm, I'm worried. Un- I'm yep. worried. Yeah, I got this thing coming up and it's on my mind. So there's all yep. these internal distractions. There's also external distractions. These are things like, oh, I'm sitting right next to the window and there's a really uh, interesting cloud outside <laughs> or, yeah. or, um, or, you know, it's a lunch, it's a lunch meeting and the, the servers are dropped, are bringing everybody's drinks around and making clinking noises with the glasses right. or maybe the air conditioning unit is, is running a little too loud. So there's all these external distractions mm-hmm. and a, a good active listener acknowledges those distractions they, write, they call them out for what they are, but then they choose to compartmentalize them and then ignore them. Um, mm. They are giving their full attention to what they're hearing. And for us, for our artists, you know, we are staring at this giant blank canvas. Yep. And so we are listening and then we're staring at this white, you know, white void. That is the so, scariest moment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, intimidating, it's intimidating, but it's also really fun. And then the second the marker hits the paper, that's when mm. all the, the nerves kind of vanish. Um, but uh, yeah, so our artists are trained to really get good at uh, limiting distractions. There's also uh, an idea around, around caching ideas. Uh-huh. Um, so as, as you're hearing ideas, you can get better at kind of creating like a short term 
cache or memory bank of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our artists, if they're working and they're sketching live, they might put down a drawing or an icon that might trigger those ideas that might help them to, to empty that, that cache of ideas. So that's another uh, really helpful tip with active listening is to leave yourself little memory hooks or little mm. triggers yeah. that will remind you of what you had just heard. Um, and that's what we're doing. You know, um, I know for me, I, I've sketched a lot of events personally, and sometimes I'll draw something related to a concept that the presenter was talking about. And then, yeah. and then we'll move on and we'll go on to a different topic. And then later I'll revisit, I'll look at it, I'll look at that little drawing I did. And then that will trigger something else. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. ideas that he had mentioned. And then I can retroactively yeah. fill those in. Yeah, um, I think what you're talking about is, is, are you familiar with neural coupling? Uh, I'm not, but I like yeah. the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you should check it out. It's a research uh, by a Professor Uri Hasson from Princeton. And, and basically, he said that every time uh, you hear something that you're really connected to, then your audience, if you're going to measure their brain, uh, brain activity, you'll see that uh, they are mirroring the same uh, brain activity of the speaker. And sometimes, because they're so much connected to his uh, to this information, they even anticipate where he's going to go in in the story. Hmm. So I think this is something that uh, probably is going on here as well uh, yeah. with active listening, because your visual artist is so absorbed and so focused on the speaker, so he can actually get the hang of what it, where he's headed with with the ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And. That's another thing about active listening is mm-hmm. you are constantly processing what you're hearing. And yep. so you can, yeah, you can almost imagine where they're going to go next. Now there, there is a, there is a danger in that and that you don't want to be a mind reader. You don't want to assume yep. someone is, is thinking or what they're saying or where they're going to go. And we've actually had some of our artists who've gotten to a little bit of a, uh, a hiccup over um, maybe anticipating what's going to come and then drawing mm. something. And then it, and then it changes, you know, and so we have. And what to, happens? Can can they erase <laughs> stuff? I mean, it's. It, I don't think you can erase, yeah, right? We can't erase. <laughs> sometimes, if we make a spelling or typo, we can I put see. a little like cover up label on it or something. But right. Mm. Hopefully, the the error isn't so egregious that it can't be covered up. Um, Got it. Or corrected, but Got it. yeah, that's kind of a quick. That's kind of a quick rundown on some active listening principles. There's a ton of literature out there, but um, it's really a matter of choosing to listen and just ignoring everything else and just choosing to give 100% to what you're listening and then synthesizing as you go and then um, repeating back. Either if if you're actually having a conversation, you can can repeat back what you're learning and just verify. It's called like a listening check. Mm. Um, for us, the, the yep. repeat back for our artists is drawing. So they're repeating back in the form of drawings. And um, that's a, it. it's a good way to stay in tune and plugged into a um, Yeah, to sure. Content. Yeah, so let's, let's continue. I'm going to uh, close the sharing now. And let's talk about, uh, you know, you just showed us some amazing success stories uh, with these examples. But I'm sure, like, uh, <laughs> you know, you just mentioned sometimes uh, an artist could anticipate uh, too much. So maybe you can talk about failures. What type of failures you get and how do you solve those? 
Yeah. So a big one that happens a lot is not a lot. We try to, we try to mitigate it, but sometimes it happens is a client will say, Hey, here's our event. Here's our agenda. Here's the speakers. Here's the thing. And then our artists will show up and then everything will change. And, Mm. um, and we've even had a situation where um, the artists had pre pre drawn uh, a speaker's like character and like done the title and their name. And then, all of a sudden someone different comes out on stage. Oh, it's like, wait, what happened? And then that's, that, that's just a matter of, of uh, miscommunication. Um, most of the time we're communicating and our clients are communicating with us very effectively and, and they let us know if things change or if the agenda gets mm. switched up. But that's a big one where just like the agenda or the format changes. Um, of course we've run into technical issues like where the lights aren't working or, oh, yeah. or the sound isn't good. Um, you know, I, I had an event many, many, many years ago where the client wanted us to sketch in this little, like, alcove kind of thing off yep. the side. And mm-hmm. uh, it was great. And it was comfortable. And I could see the stage. And I could see the speaker. But for, what, for some reason, the acoustics were really bad in that little mm-hmm. set. Yep. And I couldn't, I couldn't hear what was being said. And so um, I had to pick up the whole uh, sketch and I had to, like, oh, wow. get out into the alley <laughs> or into the you know, into um, the main room just to get better acoustics. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we've, we've run to everything. And, and over the last six years, we've learned a lot about what. Um, yeah, what I'm sure you, you kind of perfect the process. Yeah, tried to mitigate some of those things and, and limit it. And um, yeah, that's a couple things uh, yeah. that come to mind. I mean, there's been, uh, you know, I mentioned distractions earlier. There have been all kinds of distractions mm. that last year where um, the fire alarm went off in the middle oh. and they had to evacuate this entire conference. Oh, yeah. And so there are things like that, but that's just, that's just what happens when you're working live. It's a but really I would think, you know, sometimes when you get unexpected destruction or, you know, like uh, this uh, fire drill, I mean, do you find your artists sometimes uh, bake them into the story, into the sketch, just to kind of as a side joke? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if things like that happen, it's like this, it's this big collective experience and everybody's, yeah experiencing it together. Um, yeah. Like, don't get in the dark, you know, remember? Yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll add this, like kind of, we'll add these kind of uh, unique mm-hmm. moments into the sketch. And, and mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll say two things on that. One is that we have um, a core that one of our six core values as a business is whimsy. Yep. We like to have fun and be a little goofy. So if an experience like that happens and the client is okay with it, we'll, we'll try to embed that somewhere in the, in the art. Um, and then the other core value to, to mention um, one of our other six is adaptability. Mm-hmm. And this is important for us, you know, cause like I said, things change, the agenda changes, fire alarms go off. Yep. Um, fl- flights are late. Like there's all sorts of things and we, we have to be adaptable to, um, to that and to, and to, and to um, make sure we're delivering the best visual storytelling visual communication that we right and one thing i forgot to ask you when you showed the examples do, do you find that uh, you assign artists to a specific project uh, based on their personality their style because i'm i'm assuming you know when each artist has its own style of sketching yeah we um hopefully you know we, we try to train our team so that any any artist could could jump into any event and, and do uh-huh. a, a successful work uh, but there are definitely, you know, everybody has their own unique personalities, their unique strengths. Yep. And so um, when we have the ability to suggest a certain artist or mm-hmm. um, 
or, you know, kind of tailor or, you know, pick an artist based on the event, then we will try to do that. Um, nice. Like we have an example of an artist on our team who is, uh, who's just really outgoing, just, I mean, really, really outgoing and, mm. um, you know, can walk into a party and talk to anybody. And so if, if a client is having a really small, like, intimate session of like six to 10 people mm. um, we love to send him because we know that he's going to person personally, you know, jive with the team and produce good work. Um, and uh, you know, so yeah, there's, a little, there's a little bit of like tailor tailoring, but um, for the most yeah. part, we try to be trained up enough to where anybody could do any type of event. And absolutely. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. And so, so if I'm thinking, you have a client, uh, you do an event, and the sketch came out amazing. Uh, do you have any criteria to measure success that the client expects or even something that you internally measure? Yeah, so externally, you know, at the end of the day, we just want the client to feel like this added mm -hmm. value to their meeting, whatever yeah. that is. Um, like testimonial, uh, we, maybe. Yeah, we love testimonials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we just, want, we just want our client to work with us and think to themselves, our meeting was better because we had sketch effect there. Yeah. Um, not that the meeting would have been terrible without it, but our meeting was better because we had this uh, sketching artist there. Right. Um, and you know that's that's our that's our success metric. We we survey every client and we we ask them um, how was the experience, what could be improved. We ask them uh, six or seven questions related to different um, elements of the experience to to vet how they, mm -hmm. um, how they perceive the experience. So we just, you know, we aim for uh, excellent feedback and, and strong, good reviews. Um, internally, when we vet our own work, we, we really do run it through um, how, you know, those three things I mentioned, what, how was the visual hierarchy? How was the, the, the navigation, and yep. the layout, the design? And then how, how were the drawings, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then the fourth thing I didn't mention, which is a little bit harder for us to vet is content, because mm -hmm. obviously we're not gonna be in the room yeah, but we want to make sure that the artist is capturing really good content. I mean, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that's the most important piece of the of the equation is to make sure we're getting the right ideas. Um, yep. And so it's harder for us to vet that from afar because we weren't in the room. But absolutely, you know, we can scan through, we can read through um, the sketches and get a sense of. Um, I mean, the artist could record maybe you know yeah. the audio of the speaker just as a yeah. backup. Yeah, and we've done that a time or two where it mm -hmm. just makes sense to have a, a backup but yeah but yeah that's kind of how we how we vet uh whether how we determine if a, a sketch is successful or not yeah no this is this makes a lot of sense uh, and i'm sure you know it's kind of works uh, both ways both uh, from the client perspective and in terms of uh, growing uh, your artist in terms of their uh, personal development uh, one thing that uh, going back to the the grammar that we talked earlier you know, when we talk about visual stories or visual storytelling, you know, the, the naked definition of a story is a setting conflict and resolution. Do you find that you are sticking to this definition where you're kind of capturing a presentation on a sketch? Because obviously you need to rely on the speaker. And, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, in every presentation, there's a problem that they're trying to solve, yeah. right? So do you kind of provide that uh, distinction uh, in more kind of a pronounced way? You know, this is, you know, the conflict, this is, you know, the setting. Sometimes, you know, the order could be, you know. Yeah. 
in different ways. Yeah, so what we sketch really is contingent on what the presenter is saying or, or where yep. the, meet, the meeting goes, you know, yep. so we're not going to artificially steer it mm-hmm. in a different direction. So, you know, we're going to capture what we hear. And so if, um, if a presentation does follow that kind of story framework of uh, status quo and yeah. problem and, you know, resolution, yep. resolution yep. then yep. we'll capture that. And we, we have had a lot of company events where, the CEO will present and he'll present it like a story like, Hey, mm. 10 years ago we were bankrupt or we were, we were this yeah. or we that, or we had that issue. And then we did these things and now we're on this journey and mm. you know, we're, we're, we're on our course yeah. to our happy ending. So, you know, we have sketched events where there is that framework built into the presentation, but, but we only, we only reflect what is coming out of the meeting. So, yeah. Um, but if, you know, I love it when a presenter does use that kind of framework because I, I love a good story framework. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we've had, we have had events where, uh, the, where the presenter uh, or the, the meeting really does present it like this hero's journey where yep. they've been on this long road and they're, they're, they're doing great and they have more to go. And we, Came across you know, some dragons. Yeah, we'll draw dragons <laughs> or we'll draw whatever. You know, we had an event recently where they uh, they used the metaphor of a race and mm-hmm. like a race car and like refueling and you got yeah. you got your pit crew and you got to check your gauges and they had this whole metaphor thing going on, which was great for us because that gave us some really good visual fodder. No, to, absolutely. To draw from, so we drew like this race track and you know race cars and all sorts of stuff to communicate that story. So that's awesome. All right. So William, we almost stay about the end of the, the show. So just to close this, uh, maybe you can give uh, our audience uh, your top three tips for how to bring to life ideas at events, especially with life sketching things that uh, they should watch for, you know, maybe when they are in market for for life sketching artists? Yeah, I think uh, the first tip is just to, is just to use it. I mean, I think that um, society is becoming more and more visual. Uh, mm-hmm. People are yep. hungry to learn and communicate and process information mm-hmm. visually. So if you have a conference where there's a lot of speakers or presentations or panels, um, you know, the tip would be to use, bring in a graphic recorder or a live mm-hmm. artist, have them capture it. Um, it is a really good supplement to what people are learning um, and uh, will help make it more effective. Um, the second tip is um, considered using live sketching to engage the mm-hmm. attendees. Uh, specifically for us, that's, that, that's through interactive yep. sketching where we have a prompt, have a question. I think this is a really good exercise for um, people to go through because it, it compels them to, to consider what is the question we want to ask? What is the main thing we want to learn from our attendees? Um, and and so the result you're going to see up on the screen, right? Yeah. And then they'll see the result on the screen or on the sketch. Yeah. Um, so that, that's tip number two is just to consider using interactive elements. Um, and then the third tip, uh, which is, um, people might get a little bit afraid of, but I would encourage people to involve themselves in mm-hmm. sketching. Um, obviously this, this has to happen yeah. in a certain format, but there's really awesome things that happen when people are sketching, when they're like drawing and trying to work out their ideas. So maybe this is better for like a, a workshop or like a brainstorm, but yeah. next time, next time you have a meeting, um, 
and make sure you have a whiteboard there or a flip chart or something and try to use sketching and the principles of visuals to communicate your ideas and to tell your stories. I think it helps other people understand what you're trying to communicate. And it also forces you to really understand what you're trying to communicate. Cause if you can't explain it through a picture, then maybe you don't know it well enough. So yeah, it's like a visual mind map. You know, yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. yep, exactly. So yep. those are, those are my three tips. Hopefully that's, no, that's helpful. No, these are excellent. Thank you so much. All right. So it's been a fantastic pleasure talk chatting with you today and learning more about the brave world of uh, life sketching. <laughs> so, uh, before we close, uh, how can our audience best contact you? Yeah, so our website is a great place to start. It's mm -hmm. thesketcheffect.com. So yep. T-H-E, sketch, S-K-E-T-C-H, and then effect with an E, thesketcheffect.com. Um, on social media, we're pretty active on Instagram, which our handle is at thesketcheffect, also at thesketcheffect on Twitter. Um, and so that's where I would start. Um, we're on Facebook if you're on Facebook, but uh, the website and Instagram are probably the two best two best options. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, William. I had a lot of fun. And for those of you who are watching or listening, uh, see you in the next episode. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store, until next time, don't let your big story wait to be told.